Hi everyone, my name is Brittany Reiner, AKA Bundle of Brittany, and I just finished my interview here with Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. So we're gonna get into some things, talk about my book, Judge This Cover. It was, it was really great energy in there today, and so we're really gonna get into some juicy topics. What up everybody, this is Jason Lee, and this is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. That's right, DJ Damage in the place. Okay, and we have the one and only uh, Brittany Renner. <laughs> She's here. <laughs> Brittany Renner's in the building. But listen, I knew you. As, of course, everybody knows you as Bundle of Brit Brittany. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know the name Brittany Renner as well as I know it now. And I feel like I've just like went through all of your dirty text messages and you know? read everything. Yeah. Okay, so do you guys know each other? No. This is the no. first time. Uh, you know, of course, everybody know about it on Instagram. First time. So let me tell you what I know about you. One, I know you have the most amazing body out of all of the... Social influencers, celebrities, social facts. Media. I don't even know what what do we call people who are very famous on Instagram now because we're now putting author behind your name. But before that, mm -hmm. what do you what did you refer to yourself as? Social media influencer. Okay. Yeah. So you have the best body um, out of all of them on there. All the other girls, they, they I think are they using Facetune because some of them are fat and they live in my building. I'd be like, man, <laughs> body tune. From, no, you just came from Chipotle. Oh my. <laughs> No, but you have the best body. I remember one time I called King Batch. I wanted you to, I think, come to Cardi's birthday party, but you were out of town. I was. I was really disappointed. I was like, tell Jason I really appreciate it. And okay. I've been wanting to meet you, so it just kind of like mm. Yeah, you did not want to meet yes, me. I All you have to do is slide in my DM and be like, nigga, pull up. I'm easy. I'm Ooh. telling you. Is that easy? I mean, if you're light-skinned, <laughs> Dominican, yeah, I mean, or Brittany, yes. True. Yeah, you've definitely been a lot of girls' body goals for a couple years, so congrats. Thank you. It's flattering. You know what's interesting is, um, and now I'm not going to say you're light-tipped, but light, uh, tight-lipped, light-tipped. I, so I said the nigga last night. We were smoking hookah, and he was like, do you want to put the tip in? I'm like, hold on, nigga. <laughs> hookah, put the tip in the hookah. Uh -huh. Anyway, you're really, um, you're a little reserved. Are you comfortable? Of course. She came in hot. This She's very comfortable. Okay. Tell him why. She came <laughs> in swinging. Why, why? I don't know. What happened? I don't think it was nothing bad. She just came in like, she came in very confident, like, yo, what up? You know, you read the book? I'm like, oh, I'm getting G-checked about the book. I just wanted to, I just told him, like, I just wanted to know what I was getting into. So if you didn't read the book, mm. what I was up against. Well, why would somebody interview? So you were recently on State of the Culture or Joe Budden and them read, did they read your book? Absolutely not. Joe, you, <laughs> Joe, you a non-reading motherfucker over there in State of the Culture. So did you do their show? No, I did it. And I would never do a show with people who didn't even, who wouldn't even give it a chance to read it. Like, what are we going to be talking about? So they talked about the book or referenced the book, but they didn't read the book. Correct. Was the book out at the time? That's what I was trying to yes. figure out the time. Okay. Mm. Wait, mm -hmm. so do you have, is this, um, do you have a, a voice? What is it called when you have, when you audio book? Audio book. Yeah, it's coming out the end of um, this month, actually. So you, you read the book in your own voice. Mm -hmm. mm. How long did that take? Oh my gosh. It took painful, right? two and a half days and it was probably like 13 to 15 hours in the Ooh. studio. Um, and there was just a lot of things for me. I didn't want to be judge this cover by Brittany Renner. I wanted to say, you know, just a little bit like more we're having a conversation. So I, I felt like, you know, a lot of audiobooks they don't mm -hmm. act like they're talking to the, the listener. So I wanted to do that. So I interviewed Jennifer Lewis here from Blackish, a famous actress, and she had a book, but her book cover did not look like this. This is this is a reason why a lot of women probably don't like you. Mm. Oh, do you think nice. do you think women don't like you? Um, I mean, if people don't like me, male or female, it's because they don't like themselves. It has nothing to do with me. No, clearly not nothing mm -hmm. to do with you for real because they don't know you. Mm -hmm. And having read the book, I've learned a lot more about you. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, do you think they look at this cup? What do you think women look at this cover and say? 
or look at you from Instagram. I remember there was an Instagram video you did. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> Can I just say that your Instagram videos are the funniest <laughs> videos? I, and I'm not saying this because you're here, because if they weren't, I would tell you, but... Um, and it would be a really awkward exchange then. We'd just be like, and the camera would be going back and forth, just silence. Well, 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 well Vicky was here recently, and she, when she talked about discovering she was black from Ancestry.com, she's white. Mm -hmm. uh, that was weird. It was definitely yeah. one of those moments. But that's not here. Okay, so when, when you, I interviewed recently Tammy Rivera from Love and Hip Hop, she mm -hmm. was talking about growing up in Baltimore and how women judged her or didn't like her because of her beauty or because of how she looked. Do you think women look at your body or look at you on Instagram and judge you or hate you in any type of way for that? I'm sure they do. But you don't care. No. Where do you get your where do you get your confidence from? Because you're extremely confident. Like you talk about you did a video talking about sucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, it's an art. Yeah. But you, women aren't that blunt on just in public about that. What, where do you get that confidence from? I feel like over the past few years, I've gotten really comfortable just within the woman I am and who I want to be. So. I do enjoy dick sucking. Have I like you, to talk about it. I don't mean to cut you off. Have you felt like you've been so You're the first man I've ever seen cut a woman off in the middle of talking about how much she likes to suck a dick. I wanted to like do, you know, the whole. <laughs> the Jill don't, Scott. Don't do the Jill Scott. <laughs> the Jill Scott. That's classic. No, no. I was going to say, uh, do you feel like you've been self-conscious for so long where you get to a point where it's like a like a lash out where like, you know, I feel like you're, you're comfortable in your skin and, and what you do and what you like to do, but. To put out on social media like that, do you feel like that's where it comes from? Like for so long, I felt ashamed about something. Now I just want to put it out there. Yeah, that's kind of how I've been learning is in polarity. So like I was saying the other day, it's like I have learned to be strong from being weak for a long time. So it's like being degraded and feeling shame for just mm -hmm. being and enjoying things that are very natural. Um, I just kind of found myself like owning it. So I, I'm just not a, I'm not afraid of um, I don't know really what people want like what they think and what they want me to be, I guess mm. just not here to do all that. So you're from ocean Springs, Mississippi. Uh, my family, my father's side of the family is from Mississippi. I don't South. Know, Seriously. I, I don't know a lot of those niggas. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> That's but, when amazing. I think, but when I think about Mississippi, I think about, you know, my dead grandmother who raised all her children in a cotton field or, you know, niggas hanging in trees. <laughs> I don't think about a woman who finds herself in the South and then ends up in L.A. Mm -hmm. doing what you're doing as blatantly. <laughs> I mean, as, as open as you are. Mm -hmm. So do you have the Mississippi Southern upbringing culture conservativeness in you? Or are you just like a wild hair that came out of Mississippi? Like, fuck that. I'm going to live life on my own terms and I'm going to be myself. And I'm going to force conversations that make people accept me as a woman for who I am. Yeah, I've always just kind of had a rebel heart and I've never liked rules. So for me, growing up in Mississippi, I just felt like there was a lot of closed minded perspective. So it just kind of made me want to just like go against the grain even more. Like this isn't this isn't right. Like mm -hmm. it's it, there's no really right or wrong. Mm -hmm. So, OK, reading the book. So let's get into it. This book right here. Judge this cover. Let's first start by talking about how did you come up with the title? And, and the reason why I ask is because I read this book. Mm -hmm. There's so many questions I have about. I can't wait to hear them. How you wrote the book because okay. there's depth. The tonality of the book has a lot of insecurity in it too. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a lot of. It, it's not what I think people would think just by looking at the cover mm -hmm. or hearing about what the book is about. Mm -hmm. So, um, why did? How did you come up with the cover title? Because it's just what I want you to do and what you're going to do anyways. So I'm just telling mm -hmm. you to do it. You know, they're like never judge a book by its cover, and it's like judge this cover. You know. Mm. Owning it. Yeah. 
Is this like the a symbolism of the naked truth? Um, it's kind of like the whole forbidden fruit Eve, uh, and it was just kind of my rendition off. of it. Um, so that's why I put it on my ass, just kind of like yeah, you definitely put it on the fruit. There. So speaking of the ass, so there's an apple in your ass crack. Yes. Now, was this photo? Is this put in via like Photoshop, or was the apple literally balancing in the middle of your? It ass? was. Um, so I shot with Jesse J and Kim in Dallas. So what I was ass naked, pussy out. Um, so Kim, what she would do is she would like set it in my crack. <laughs> I'd have to hold it as long as I could. And then when it would fall over, she'd put it back on there. So it was just us three girls there. So this was a real photo. Yes. Apple yoga. And I, like it kind of brought us all closer together because like she just sees my pussy from behind and just put an apple. But does the ass, does the, well, I know what the ass symbolizes, but does the apple symbolize the whole Adam and Eve thing? Yeah. Okay. And it's so like the mm. seven men are the seven deadly sins. Oh. But this is, okay. So this is why I asked the question because what I, first of all, I look at you on Instagram and I look at how well put together you are and I listen to how articulate you are. So you can't look at no matter what's coming out of your mouth or no matter what you look like and not know that you're smart. Well, I appreciate that. Do this people not expect you to be smart? Mm, no. I mean, I feel like even when people, like people I've worked with, I just feel like they kind of underestimate me. So I just, like the more you know, the less you know you know. So do you play along with what they think of you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's technically beating them at their own game. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love people like that. I love, because I love when I walk in a room, mm-hmm. for example, I was at, uh, I just filmed Wildin' Out, season 13. Mm-hmm. I walk into the green room one morning. I have my shades on, not because I'm a diva. Tired. Even, even though I am. I'm fucking tired. I'm 41 years old. I'm tired. <laughs> Niggas is Worn working all out. day. I ain't drinking no water. Yeah. I ain't got no nigga with me. I'm just like, fuck it. So I walk in with my shades on, and they're like, oh, here he comes. Judge me already. Yeah. So I could assume and when you come in a room or when they see you on Instagram, there's some judgment. And then they're forced to read this book and accept the fact that you've manipulated everybody. Yeah. People, right. people love, <clears throat> they love investigating. They love being judgmental and they just love drama. So that's why I felt like this book was just a perfect fit, especially where um, kind of like the internet culture is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, people would run and do whatever they will with it. So it's just like, I don't really have to do anything or hurt anyone. And you grew up through the, the social media like rise, you know, cause you've been yeah. popular on social media for a long time and you've seen all the changes and stuff. So I think yeah. it's, it's a little more interesting to see how you kind of are dealing with it because, you know, a lot of us are just getting popping on the gram, but you've been popping on this Instagram thing for a long time. I mean, I've been on Instagram before there were videos on Instagram. So I've been on like social media for six years now. So I've seen a lot of people come and go, people die out, people, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So for me, I just kind of focus on what makes me special. And um, really you have to kind of adapt in this type of internet culture because there's always girls like you go on the explore page there's a hundred girls that you know look better than you depending on who you ask mm-hmm. so so yeah i mean for me it's definitely a game it's uh it's it's a journey it's, so you know you kind of have to just pace yourself with it so you do feel like you have to stay competitive in that realm that was one of my questions like do you feel like you have to keep up with what's going on like with social media well i don't see anybody on instagram or like social media in general as a competition because we're all very different so you mm-hmm. can't compare like I said, you can't compare apples to oranges. Like it just depends, you know, on what you like. Do you uh, look at some of the girls and say, "I'm an apple, you're an onion"? No, because some it, of them are. I mean, and yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just um, I don't. It doesn't make me feel better saying that about them. And it's like if I see them as an onion, then there's a part of me that feels like I'm an onion because there's no reason I would try. You to- thought Jenna was an onion. Mm. 
we're gonna get to that. But anyway, I've read this motherfucker. We, I'm ready today. Okay, but look, oh here we go. God, Diana. Okay, so so 4.7 million followers lately. <laughs> you know I do my work. I, people think I just too. Tune in and just start talking for no reason. But, you know, I look at Oprah and Winfrey and I have a dick. and I have Oprah and, and Wendy and a dick and all of that is me. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. Okay. So judges cover seven. It's a tale of seven oh men and seven lessons. <laughs> um, is this uh, people would say or some people that may not have read it mm-hmm. would say this is a new new age superhead. Yeah. You've heard that. I have. But what do you say to that? Superhead's book and my book. I don't. I don't recall Superhead reflecting on the things that she could have done better as a woman and um, calling herself out. I don't. Again, I, it's been a really long time since I read the Confessions of a Video Vixen, mm-hmm. but mine is about really just a girl on a journey, kind of figuring it all out. Um, and it's about lessons because to me that was the biggest thing that I wanted people to take away from this. That's why there are no identities. That's why you don't know the color of well, their that, skin. That, you that's don't know. a distinctive difference between your book and her book. Yeah. She did say people's names. Right. She uh, alleged, she outed, she tried to out somebody in the book. Yeah. Um, she talked about, I think she demoralized some of the men mm-hmm. in a way that was um, more about, I think making them look bad and less about figuring out how the lesson empowered her. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a difference if you yeah. read the book for sure. Also, um, you know, who's putting these names out there? We won't say the names, but like if you haven't read the book, it seemed like there's a lot of press out there that kind of if you're just on social media, just browsing, you know, you're getting that. And that's how a lot of people get their information. It's like the names got automatically <laughs> attached. And then mm-hmm. when you read the book, you didn't put any names at all. Right. So it just it just does seem like a tell all book if you're not really invested into the to the brand, the bundle of Britney brand. Right. So how do you feel about that though? Like, you know, that kind of affects what's going on with, you know. Well, for me, I think any person who is saying, like making any type of assumptions and speculating, I mean, you might as well put like a button up shirt on and a tie because you work for me. It's just at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. you're marketing my book. So, you know, uh, whether it's a positive draw or a negative draw, I kind of felt like, for me, I knew the marketing was going to have to be a little different than actually what was on the inside. And that's, again, it's just like about mm. having the last laugh, not the last word. So, um, of course, it's like salaciously marketed um, and it makes for a better a better sale. Like, you know what I mean? So, so I, I kind of just let people do what they want. Like I let the people <coughs> on the outside kind of speculate and just do their own thing. Because like I said, it's, the names are very irrelevant to me. Because I feel like the people who know they're in here, they know I'm talking to them. And I would never want to hurt any person that I wrote about. Mm -hmm. Um, I really just wrote the book because, you know, my feelings were hurt. And I just am like, I still was dealing with, I still was very triggered by certain stories. Um, But every person in this book has changed my life for the better. Um, That's why they were a part of my life. So did you plan on writing this book as you were going through the experiences or did you have a revelation or epiphany one day and say, I'm going to tell my story? I have been in therapy for three years. So I got to a point where I was like, okay, I've kind of learned all of these different things. So I can either just like take the knowledge I have and go left, or I could take the knowledge I have and not hoard it and share it and, and try to help other people who have been through certain things. Um, I believe truth is stranger than fiction. So there were a lot of stories in here that no matter how long I sat down, there was no way I could have came up with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of took the route where I'm going to put my balls on the chopping block and I want to be an example that the truth is not scary. It's much harder to live in your truth than in uh, illusions, but um, I just kind of wanted to help people. So because of all the years I spent in therapy, I was able to kind of give a more objective view 
Um, because I really didn't see the lessons. I just saw disappointments and I was very bitter for a long time. You know, on my Instagram, I said I was a new fitness influencer. So I'm going to take this serious. And I know that tracking progress is important. And then sticking to diets and meal plans and all that is really difficult. So there's this new app that we're trying called Noom. N-O-O-M. And so I've just realized that sticking to a plan or a diet, especially when you know how to handle thoughts or triggers and things that are just going to pop up in your head when you're traveling or just walking down the street, now you need support and they have this new app. So I'm going to try it. And um, what I think is interesting is that, um, you know, gym memberships and personal trainers, nutritionists, people that are out there listening may not have access to the resources that I have or that other people have. So Noom is a program that a lot of people listening may be able to use and afford. And it's it's um, not going to be as costly as all the other things. So here's more information about Noom. This is not one of those let's lose weight really fast or whatever. This is a lose weight for good plan. And so what I love about it is that it's in the palm of your, weight loss. Weight loss is in the palm of your hand, awesome. literally with this app. And on it's on your phone whenever you need it, wherever mm -hmm. you need it. And we're all strapped for time, but Noom just asked you to commit 10 minutes a day to you. So it's about self-investment. It's reasonable. Yeah. So a lot of people that come on the show and all of us, we're public figures. We're out here in the industry, but you don't have to be a celebrity to have your own support team or glam squad. You can live. Uh, there's a live goal specialist that'll help you mm. and access a group of fellow new members. So there's other people. There's more of a support system there for you online. And your goal specialist is a behavior change professional a nutrition expert and fitness trainer all in one. That's awesome. So there you go. And all of that is less for the price of a single appointment with a nutritionist or a personal trainer. So you also save money. Wow. Bang yeah. for your buck. Okay. So what do you have to lose people? Look, sign up with me today and start your own trial at noom.com slash unlock. Start your own trial today at noom.com slash unlock and start losing weight for good. That's noom.com slash unlock to start your trial and start seeing life changing results today. So that started with your father was in prison. You're right. Your father he was, was in jail for, uh, yeah, for DUIs. He, he, was in, mm -hmm. he was in jail. But he's good now, right? Yeah, he's been sober for nine years and we have a really hey, good relationship. Yep. That's what's up. So you were you were raised by your mother who then- Not my mom, my grandparents. No, but you were raised initially by your mother who mm -hmm. dropped you off with your grandmother. Mm -hmm. Now, you know I read this book. If you okay. Don't, let me tell you, <laughs> if the questions are coming. Okay. Okay. No problem. Your mother dropped you off at your grandmother's and you thought she was just leaving for a minute and she was out. And mm -hmm. would pop in and out. So you were raised by your grandmother. Mm -hmm. So did the insecurity start with being abandoned by your dad, by his circumstance, and then by your mother's cho choosing? Did it start there? I would say it definitely started with my dad because at a young age, I wanted to write him when he was in jail. So mm -hmm. it was probably early middle, middle school. I asked my grandma, you know, what's the address for the jailhouse? Because, you know, I want to talk to my dad and I want to know more about him. And I remember always being very confused why my mom just didn't want to be around. And mm. she always put men before us. So there was something that started very early for me that because my mom put men before us and I saw how badly they treated her, it'd be Jay with the eyebrow ring or Mark, the police officer or whoever, um, I started to really resent men. Because but you said in the book that she was more interested in black dick than you. Correct. That was pretty... Um I had never, you know, I've been very blunt about my relationship with my mother mm -hmm. to the extent in which I know friends have judged me, but you can't really judge a situation you don't live in. Yeah, it doesn't, family you, or not. Especially if you feel the people that are supposed to love you the most are the people that initially teach you how those people closest to you can hurt you the most. Yeah, I mean, and I told my mom and dad before the book came out, I said, there are going to be things in here that might hurt your feelings. This is not, um, it's not reflected upon where our relationship is now and where I want it to go, but this is how you guys made me feel. Mm -hmm. So my mom read the book and she loved it. Now, really quickly, because in life is very, it's a very strange thing. Do you see yourself 
becoming your parents in any way. You know, it's a lot of times people resent their parents and they hate things their parents do. And then as they grow older, it's like, man, I'm just like my parents. Do you see any similarities in you and your mother? No. And I think, too, when you hate something, it it is natural that you become it. So I think Mm, you kind of you have to like, again, like resolve, dissolve. And then it just kind of becomes one thing and you're more balanced. So, no, I don't. My mom and I were both very silly and like outgoing and crazy. But um, as far as being a parent, I, I couldn't see how I could be like either one of them. But do you think that there's a part of you that during the journey of these relationships have built relationships with people who treat you like your mother did? Absolutely. So could that be the, I mean, that, that I think was the connection. I mean, like for me with my mother, she had heavy drug and alcohol. She was very abusive, very Mm. reckless with her mouth. Then I'll look at me growing up. I'm like, "Hmm." (laughs) (laughs) you know, where like you, and that's why I actually, yeah. Yeah. You like you subconsciously do bring in traits, even if it's not on you, uh, you know, and the other thing I, I kind of in reading your book and then going back to your Instagram, I'm like, okay, when I do look at your Instagram, I look at your body, I look at you, how you speak, I look at your teeth, I look at how you put yourself together. You are very much, per, you, you try to, you strive for perfection. And sometimes when I feel like you're you're striving to be perfect, you're overcompensating for something else. And I, I didn't know if there was a connection between that because I'm not a therapist. Shit, I need to go to therapy. But I did wonder, like, was there a connection between not feeling good enough for the people who are supposed to love you and then growing up and striving to be perfect so people would love you? I felt like for me, I wanted to fix everyone. It wasn't more so about like, oh my gosh, I want to be so perfect. Like, first of all, like I'm definitely not, I don't try to be that. I just try to be the best version of Brittany that I can be. But mm-hmm. I found myself trying to be a fixer. And a lot of guys in the book that I talk about, it's like, I wanted to just like love them. I just wanted them to love me and like, just keep trying. and. um I just wanted to fix the broken people because I myself was broken. And I, I found a lot of um, fulfillment in that, you know? Mm. So you're, you, you graduated from college. You graduated. I dropped from, out. You, you two years. Dropped out. Mm-hmm. You, oh, that she spent two years. Sorry. I didn't read okay. the book. That was in the earlier part. Yeah. I left on page one. <laughs> I think. I know. I know you read it. I just, I just wanted to. Just, okay. So you didn't finish. <laughs> She's college, quizzing us. But you, you didn't finish because you followed the guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I was so, in love. So let me get to him. Is that Evan? Um, that's, Seth. No, that's Seth. Why did Seth get so many pages in this book? Because it was com- my longest relationship. Okay. We were together for four years. Okay. Was that the first love? Mm-hmm. Like the first. But that was somebody else's man that you, 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 you strategically plotted out to take. And you in here talk about being the side chick. Did you ever have any guilt? In it? Did you have guilt initially knowing that you were strategically plotting on taking Jenna who's probably somewhere slitting her wrist out of this after this. Her name was out. Jean. Jean, Jenna, J-E-A-N. <laughs> the, 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 the bitch ain't had that much to do with my interest in reading the book. She's just a byproduct of getting no. to this interview. <laughs> Jean. See how, much, see how much we cared about you, Jean? We didn't care about you when we was fucking your... We, see, because I feel like I was there. This nigga had green eyes. Who? I need to see a picture of this nigga because you, 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 you just made him sound like he was so amazing. I Physically, so let's talk about that. You were a side chick, you and you were okay with that for ten months. That's a long fucking time. Yeah, that's a job. I wanted him, and I got exactly what I wanted to. In the did, end, did you feel any mm. guilt though, looking back? Because after how you describe in your book in very grave detail about <laughs> the things you went through to get this man, did you feel like as a woman you owed that other woman, whatever her name is, mm-hmm. more than that? I did. It's really disgusting what I did actually. In retrospect, mm-hmm. but in it, you didn't give a fuck. No, 
So were you the side chick that calls in the middle of the night so she can roll over and see the phone? Or were you the side chick that knew you was going to link up at two o'clock so you just had to wait? I was a side chick that when Gene would call him, I would go in the other room and be quiet. Mm. Yeah, you did. That's the worst kind. That. That's the MVP. I think you said something about kissing him. Did yeah, sometimes I would like kiss him and try to distract him so he would get off the phone. And then um, other times I would just go in the other room and be quiet or watch TV. So when you wanted him, was it was that insecurity in yourself or did you just want him and that was it? Like, did, have you broken down the psychological behind being a confident side chick? I mean, <laughs> I think anytime you're a side chick, there's something that you have to address that's going on internally. Um, so I just, for me, I just didn't feel good enough for first. So I just didn't really, I'm like, it's not, you know, that's not my problem. That's not my man, you know, and I want him. So I don't really care what it takes and what it makes me look like in, at the time. You know, I didn't realize how much it really reflected on how empty I was and how low I felt about myself. By any means. So yeah. was the, the sex was good. Mm. You went through all that for some mediocre dick. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, because I loved him. Why? Wait, he showed you who he was from the first day. Mm -hmm. I'm a nigga with a girl who's been with me through everything, who's holding me down, whose virginity I took. He took her virginity, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe Ooh. it's the honesty, though. Maybe somebody finally stepped in and was just being blatant and honest, and she was like, you know what? I accept that. This is probably one of the first people that actually kept it one fucking thousand. But he played around a lot, too. He played around. He toyed with her feelings. He toyed with the thought of being with her for a while until it became the conclusion that Gene... Gene? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god where is this is her name really Jean? it's not jane no laquita wherever you at because this was somewhere close but, but at that time you know you can remember those times when you're in your early 20s you're young none of that shit really matters you know i mean let me be clear you don't give a fuck about none let of me that be clear i got niggas who got girlfriends and that's okay maybe i'm the side nigga i'm oh. having my own revelations reading this book <laughs> <laughs> Let's Time talk, is relative. Let's stop talking about me. Let's go. Time back. is relative. You'll get there. <laughs> no, I know. Okay, so you were okay being the side chick, and so you did everything you could. It didn't seem like you did everything you could to sabotage her per se. Mm -mm. You did everything to make you look better than her. Yeah. Mm. And when he went back to her, and you saying here very graphically that um, you were like you were mad that your pussy wasn't good enough. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> is that how you felt? Well, because it's like you go and share your dick with that bitch, you know, and. <laughs> but that was his girlfriend. It, no, but you, we were like together. Is that the, <laughs> the but is that the athletics in you where you summed it up to something just very practical? Like, oh, my pussy's not good enough. You know, I mean, like, I'm just I was very competitive because I played soccer for two years and I also played semi-professional for a month. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, I don't care whatever she's doing. I'm going to do better. Like. <laughs> so in your journey with him, though, you realize one that niggas ain't shit and two no disrespect you know you my homeboy but niggas ain't shit um, and, like you ain't a nigga look at him no, and, and I'm not shit <laughs> as he apologizes um, to me yeah um, but you know you realize niggas ain't shit but then also realize like he in the end not wanting to be with you right away had nothing to do with you it was all about him just being a dick yeah okay but do you feel like once you got your Prince Charming and realized that he was a toad, that it was karma that you had created for yourself? Mm. Absolutely. I, I got exactly what I deserved. And so, and you realized that later? Yeah, I was like, wow, I remember fighting for this guy and being <laughs> quiet on the phone. And then I get this monster. 
So exactly when, what I deserve. So you and his mother are clearly not friends anymore. I mean, because you left and left all your shit there, which I don't understand. This is where <laughs> you were on Instagram. You were on Instagram then. I wasn't. Oh man, I'm trying to think how many followers I had. Um, probably less than three hundred. That like around three hundred thousand. So there was no video then. Of what? Like there was Just, no video on Instagram. Was it the 15 second videos at that time? We're trying yeah, to Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There were there were uh, videos on Instagram. I'm so sad we got to remember shit by that. Listen. Yeah, cuz <laughs> I I left him um 2014, the summer of 2014. Mm. Okay, so let me see here. I have a little cheat sheet because I woke up early this morning. God said, "Get up and get on YouTube and just look up a couple things." So I got up. So, okay, we cool on Seth. Wait, that's Seth, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Seth, he lives where now? Is he here in LA? No. He's not. Okay. I don't and, know where he lives. And you don't have any contact with him now? No. At all? I don't talk to exes. I'm not friendly. Damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was Seth. Okay. So I'm going to just skip over to Leon real quick. I was laying in bed this morning and I started reading the chapter and I'm reading it because, you know, I got people out here. I know people out here. So I'm reading, uh, I'm reading Leon's story. Leon's soul with a songbird. Well, soul with a songbird. I'm thinking this got to be an R&B nigga, you know, and I know Tank has been here. So <laughs> it ain't Tank. Um, then I start reading some more. Not Johnny Gill, that nigga, you know. Um, but anyway, so clearly, it's apparent. I know you can't talk about names because of legal purposes, but I said, let me get my other phone and text Trey Songs a copy of this book because he is. This is Trey Songs. Let me tell you why, Trey. <laughs> you did a good job of explaining these people, and good enough to where those of us that know them know, like, okay, that's Trey. So you can't confirm it's Trey, but let's talk about Leon. You talk about how you only had sex with Leon twice. A little more than that. <clears throat> Leon. Did I say Trey? Who? Oh, Leon. You had sex with Leon Who? twice. We're going to call this person in the book Leon because the chapter is called. It is called. It's Leon, Leon Soul. Soul, Soul Tie with a Songbird. Okay. That's his name. Yeah. And the title. Leon. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about Leon. So Leon. Um. Which version of Leon did you get? Leon with the braids or Leon with the, I don't know what he looked like then. Was he like a thug? Well, Leon, is, yeah, no braids. <laughs> so when you get Clean with cut. Leon, so when you get with Leon, he, he, he's very romantic. He comes off very romantic, very appealing, very engaging. Uh, there could be a lot of women in the room. And although he probably has gotten all their phone numbers, he's making you feel like you're the only one. Um, he that nigga. He, I mean, <laughs> he that dude. Kiss you on the neck. He's mm -hmm. real, like, romantic. He, he know how to work the room. Now, I've seen, now, if this is the Leon I'm thinking, I haven't seen Leon's penis, but I've seen Leon's brother's penis because it's online. His name is Derek. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, back to Leon. So, I couldn't help, I was laying in my bed, uh, couldn't help visualize the, the doggy style thing. Very beautiful uh, picture. Thank you. <laughs> did you did were you upset that that one didn't work out? The relationship with Leon. Yeah. Of course. Because Leon invented sex. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> fucking asshole. Well, from what the book says, I'm talking about what the book says. So next okay, level. Leon is somebody who. Did you think that he was going to change for you? My it's getting hot in her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what I thought. Obviously, whatever I thought was wrong. 
Okay, so there was a TMZ link in 2014 following Trey Songs out of what looks like Delilah. Oh and he God. has about, he's putting about six girls in the car. I counted one, two, three, four, five, six yeah. girls. And he's answering questions about Fit Thick Army, Fit Thick Army. They were asking Trey about Fit Thick Army and what they thought. And they referred to him as Colin Kaepernick's ex. I don't know. This is what the internet said. I don't be reading everything on the internet because you can't believe everything you say. See, but I counted those six girls. And I think in your book, you may have referred to them liking six. Leon likes sixums, right? Sixums. I'm not sure what he likes. <laughs> I know because you talk about the questionable sexuality, but you bypassed that too. <laughs> Let's just move on. Anyway, Leon was exciting. All right, so uh, if I didn't do radio and TV, I think I would work in sports because I've been paying attention lately. All my boys are like, yo, we got to go see the Lakers. We got to go you know, see the Rams. I'm like, man, I ain't going to see that because I'm not interested in sports. Mm-hmm. But when I think about it, a bunch of sweaty men running around the field in the basketball Here he court, go. Pretty exciting. So flag on the play. Mm-hmm. Everybody's speculating that this is Colin Kaepernick. But you haven't said if it's Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, the book is... You know, I kind of leave the assumptions and speculation to the spectators. Um, this book is about my journey, and, you know, that's that on that. Okay, so let's um, let's let's take a knee here. Let's Let me stop. Okay, flag on the play. This is the guy who had you fly yourself to see him wherever he was, and then in, in, that became an expensive relationship. <laughs> yeah and so why was it important to share that detail of that relationship like what was was there a lesson in that where maybe you in your mind you were investing in getting to know this person but really you were being duped i mean i don't know (laughs) did you feel like you had something to prove by flying yourself out there yeah i mean i felt like i was coming from a genuine space Mm -hmm. so all whether you have a hundred dollars or a hundred million, of course. Now I can maybe argue argue that more so now, where I would not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just believe, you know, I think as any woman, any male or female, if you don't have the financial flexibility to be able to accommodate your own travel, you know, yeah. especially if something happened too, I don't think you should be hopping on any flight to see anyone, um, even if it's paid for. So that's just my take on that. Um, so for me, I've just never, I'm such a, I think at the time I was very like naive, like Southern gal and just, I just wanted something genuine. So if a person is like, Hey, you know, I make a lot of money and people want me for it. So if this is your way to prove it, I, I didn't see an issue with that. And this was the rebound guy. Mm -hmm. This was the one coming straight out of the relationship with Seth. Yeah. The long relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. You describe sex with them as it doesn't sound that exciting. Did he have a small penis? Um, We're talking about it was just it was average. Evan, average. Okay, so I'm gonna leave y'all up to play with that. <laughs> I, if it's average, we ain't gonna play that long. <laughs> All right. So now Evan, there's Evan. So did Evan? What was the lesson you learned from Evan? Because I forgot to ask the question. I'll go back to ask the question about the other two. But from Evan, what was the lesson with him? The lesson with Evan was I was jumping from one situation to another without addressing what was going on within. So it was kind of like a lot of times we get into serial dating and it's almost like a way to mask our insecurity and Mm -hmm. things that are internal issues that we're experiencing um, 
you know, you kind of just mask that with a partner. But just because you have a partner in front of you or you're sitting on a dick or whatever, you're going out to see somebody, it doesn't take away from the inner work that you have to address at some point or another. Because you'll never be in a healthy relationship until you are kind of like one with yourself. Hmm. So that was like, for me was, I have to address the things that I'm going through as a woman and I can't have, this man is not a scapegoat. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have that downtime? Because, you know, going through this book, it seems like it was one after another, another, another. (laughs) Damn. I mean, dick not like after that. Dick after dick. How was that? Not necessarily. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, the situationships or relationships you were in, mm-hmm. did, were there any time for you to sit there and reflect or were you like, like you said, were you masking and just jumping from the next thing to the next thing, kind of hiding the hurt? Yeah, I've always, um, always kind of masked what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially when I first kind of got into the industry, it was just a lot there's a lot of people to meet, you know? So for me, I just felt like there was always one after the other. Um, so I just, I never really made time to just focus on Brittany. Cause I always just like, let me just rebound with somebody else. It was a really unhealthy, vicious cycle for me. Mm. So are you, you're straight or bisexual? Because with Seth, you guys were having threesomes with other women. There was that one woman there who threw up on your family's carpet. I would have beat her ass all out the house. <laughs> My but aunt actually just got new carpet yesterday. She was like, from you know you're going half on me with the carpet. Period? Yeah, it's been a long time. (laughs) Well, I mean, shit, if if I walked in my house and there was a shape of a dick in my rug, maybe I'll leave it there for a while. Well, she had it covered. It was in the basement. So that's why it was just kind of whatever. So are you straight, bisexual? What's your sexual preference? Just down the play? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, I've obviously hooked up. Whoa, the question, I guess. I've hooked up with women. Um, I don't want to date a woman. Um, I have not hooked up with a woman since maybe 2015. Um, I just want to be penetrated by long, thick dick. <laughs> yeah, you said you like a Lysol can. A Lysol can dick, honey, yes. Okay, because somebody in this book didn't have that. Correct, and there was someone who did. <laughs> was that Drake? Uh, Drake, Drake is not in the book. Why did they say that online that Drake was? Because they just make like all these <laughs> lists have been inaccurate. Okay, the way that they disc- well, Leon, I... I know who Leon is. They ain't, you I, know, you think you know who Leon is. That's fine. Trey, I'm going to call you right back. Okay, so Drake, I didn't see, because I don't see Drake pulling out this big, massive dick that makes you go. And, well, no, no, it was the Tyga. Somebody said Tyga was in I here. I don't even know Tyga. I, well, I'm here to say that that was not accurate, and I wasn't even there. Because Tyga's um, dick is online. I, it didn't, you didn't even, descri- it didn't even describe. You would have been a little bit more excited if it was Tyga. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, no, it's not my type, but okay. Hey, ladies, you have a big event or an important meeting coming up, and you just want to treat yourself because you don't want to look so basic during those big events. You can definitely book an appointment with Glam Squad to look and feel amazing with beauty services that come to you, straight to you. With Glam Squad, you can get your hair, makeup, nail services anytime and anywhere because they come to you. That's like amazing. Your Glam Squad team can get you completely ready, hair, nails, makeup in just 60 minutes, all in the comfort of your own home. All you have to do is go to glamsquad.com slash unlocked, select the service you're looking for, time and location, and book. Schedule in advance or with as little as an hour's notice. Glam Squad's talented beauty professionals bring eight or more years of experience and are extensively vetted to deliver your desired look with five-star results, whether it's for date night, a work meeting, or a holiday party. So all you have to do is go to glamsquad.com slash unlocked and get 25% off when you book your first beauty service now through New Year's. 
Try them out to look amazing at a holiday party or just to treat yourself and get 25% off at glamsquad.com slash unlocked now through New Year's Eve only. Glamsquad.com slash unlocked. So do you consider yourself sexually fluid then or straight? I would say straight. Okay. So when you were having sex with the women, it was not more, it was more about pleasing him than you being pleased. Mm, if I said that, I'd be lying. She's down the play. Well, she talked about the scissoring in here and she figured out, you figured out how, <laughs> I we, work. how women can have orgasms together. Yeah, it was incredible. It's called teamwork. Mm-hmm. Makes a dream work. So I can't remember the last time I ate a vagina. Do you? 2015. Well, it wasn't Amber It was like the last hurrah. I could see yeah. you and Amber hooking up. Well, I would, I would, but I, I, I like Amber. I wouldn't even want to do that with her. I, your, I just respect her as a woman, and um, I, I love Amber actually. It, yeah, like when it comes to girls, what is, what is your type? Do they have to be kind of like you? My or? type then, or like? Yeah, well, no, just period. Okay, because I don't have play. a type now. Ah, <laughs> well, back then, what was your type? Her type now is a Lysol can. She just told us. Yeah, and Melissa Ford, who usually sits right there, said she likes. She, you know, it's kind of hard listening to Melissa talk about wanting big dicks in her because I'm just like, <laughs> I know you too well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but my type then, I definitely liked, you know, just more of like the feminine type. Yeah. But body type, was it like yours? Did yeah. you like them petite? Yeah. Or like real voluptuous? Both. Well, she talked about her friend who worked at Victoria's Secret. They, and matter of fact, she even took the whole damn staff from Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to force them. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, I do like the fact that a woman, you know, because I've had Amber Rose here where she talked about, let's back up. I had Tori Hart here who talked about her relationship with Kevin and then mm -hmm. the breakup and then Aniko sliding in because she was that side chick. Uh, and she, and then, and then Amber defending the side chick and talking about how it's easy to slut shame a woman because the woman's the side chick, but the man has the responsibility to the woman. Um, but going back to, going back to the whole side chick thing and then having these women in there to please the man, did you ever feel like as a woman in that relationship with Seth that you lost yourself? Absolutely. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I thought. I didn't, I mean, my thoughts and my reality became his reality. I just mirrored everything that I saw him do and say. I just stopped thinking for myself and I actually didn't talk a lot. So it actually kind of bothers me when people say, I liked how she used to be when she was with this guy because I was very like emotionally, physically and mentally abused. So for a long time, it, it took me a long time to find my voice and to gain that confidence. We're talking about from 2014. So it's taken all of these years to get to who Brittany Renner is now. So it's like, I really didn't have much of an identity when I was with him at all. I was just like a yes, yes, Massa. And that was kind of it. And there was a point where he was even, um, I guess you were fit then, but he was still wanting you to be more fit. Yeah. He suggested that I should get my boobs done and my body would be perfect. Oh, oh so, shit. So, so I've always rebelled oh. that idea of being perfect. So for you haven't okay. had your breasts done? Nope. No. Oh no! I'm just asking. Shit! I, listen, I don't know nothing between an A cup and a C cup. That they, they could just yeah. is the the cup is running over. God bless yeah. America. Okay, so for people that are listening and people that read the book, women that read the book, and and that are going through a relationship right now with their man. I used to have an assistant who her man would come and sit outside for her work, wait for her. He was really controlling. He was Mexican. She was black, but he was very controlling. And I thought maybe this is a. Uh, 
you know, like a race, not racial thing, but you know, like culturally, some yeah. men are more protective. Like you can't call a Mexican man's house and ask for his wife and shit like that. But for women that are listening to read the book that are with a man who's that controlling, that I think degrading, um, you, you talk about feeling like you, you were treated like a cum rag. Mm-hmm. So how do those women fast forward through that experience to get to where you are right now? You have to believe that you're worth it, number one, and number two, that you will find someone better. Because a lot of times, one thing that he told me, you know, which is what usually abusive people will say, is you'll never find anyone who loves you like I do. And a lot of times we really believe that and take it to heart. So you have to just know, like, there is better than this. There's no way that this is the best guy that I can get, no matter how much history we have, no matter how much I love him. So you have to ask yourself, what's more important, your happiness or this idea that's hurting you? And, you know, you got to, it's just like, who's more important here? You got to put your happiness first. So how do you go from that lesson to swallowing little Uzi Vert's cum? I don't think I've ever said that. Well, there's this thing here that I saw online. <laughs> it's highly insinuated. It was, it was a quote from the book that just so happened to be under a individual. Yeah. Okay. So let's not say that was Uzi Vert, but there was a recording that had come out where you were talking about a person that people have said is little Uzi Vert. Okay. That's what people are saying. We could agree. Okay. okay. So people always saying something. So have you publicly <laughs> acknowledged being with Uzi Vert? Because there's photos of you two together. You guys look comfortable. I mean, it didn't look like you had just gotten a ride to the to the Whole Foods. <laughs> I feel like I've seen a tongue to tongue picture too. I could be wrong though. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. So Lil Uzi Vert, did you like him? Yeah, I love Samir, honestly. His name's Samir. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty nice Samir name. Woods. So when people criticize him for being gay because of the way he dresses, I mean, they did say the same about uh, Prince and Michael Jackson back in the day yeah. when they were at Bruxers. Do you think that's more of a cultural thing where like white people can express themselves however they want artistically without judgment and then our people are quick to put us all in a category? Yeah, because I think Samir, you know, he's just a rock star. So because I think, you know, he's black, I think a lot of people are really... Um, hypercritical of how he dresses. Um, I think he's a really good-hearted person. You know, I had a conversation with him before, you know, that post went up. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are like, oh, it came out. Oh, it was leaked. I'm like, it was on my Instagram. I put it out myself. Like, it's my voice. And you gave him the heads up. (laughs) Yeah, because I, I, again, like, sometimes situations don't pan out maybe the way that you might have wanted to at the time. But there's always been a respect there and I respect him. I respect his art and I really respect a lot of things that, um, that, that Samir has taught me. So it's like, I have nothing but good things to say about Samir. And, um, you know, he's just, a, he's a good friend. I think that's where I, I kind of get confused because reading the book, hearing you speak, you're very articulate, you're very smart. So you know what you deliver and you, you also have been on social media longer and popping on social media longer than a lot of people so you're very aware of how things get misconstrued. When I read this book, I see a journey. I see mm-hmm. you trying to help people. I see you are in a different mental space. I see you're getting therapy. But the sexual windows and the things that's being marketed, I think I know you know that overshadows something that you're trying to do. It seems like you're trying to help people. But mm-hmm. when I see things like that, that's why I would love to talk to you. I was loving that you came in to talk to you in person. I'm trying to understand the marketing aspect of it, because that overshadows everything you're trying to do. This book can really help some people. People are going through these things. People are in bad relationships. Why necessarily go that way with the marketing? 
I feel like whoever's going to be drawn to it is drawn to it. And I kind of felt like I didn't have to market it one way or another. It yeah. was my choice um, from the cover to the back to the videos I posted on Instagram because I understand there's kind of a formula that goes along with social media and certain things. If you follow, you press this, 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 you're going to get this result. Um, so for me, I'm okay with whatever overshadowing, whatever, because at the end of the day, if that's all you see is when I talk about I swallowed your kids twice before noon, that's what I call it. Champions well, breakfast. If they did, they're judging it by its cover. And again, like what's the difference if I say I swallow cum or I don't, if I still swallow cum. So what I, I say it in art in an artistic way, so it's like, for me, like, this is how I am expressing myself sexually. Like, yeah, like I did that. So for me, it's like, I didn't really care who was going to judge off of just the little things that were plugged in here and there, because if that stops you from reading my book, there is no convincing that I can do anyways. Cause you're going to look at this and be like, mm, Instagram thought, nobody cares what you have to say. But I do feel like, like I said, there's a message in here that people should read. Like I like, like I said, I like, I like the ending. I like how you close it out. Cause I really, I connect with a lot of things you're saying about society and how people view things. But then it's hard when you, there's somebody that there's a young girl somewhere that could probably read this book and it could really help them out. But if they go, well, I don't really like how she's promoting it sexually this way. They might commit a message that could really help them. That's what I'm saying that like, why, what made you in your heart decide, you know what? I'm going to promote it this way. Did you really care about the clicks? Did you really want the the publicity about it? Or did you really want to help people with your story? I wanted to help people. And at the end of the day, it's not, I'm here to deliver the message that I have. Yeah. Okay. So it's not my responsibility uh, to take on how everyone receives it because everyone is going to see things from their perspective and it's very subjective. So to sit here and think that, 4.7 million people are going to see Brittany Renner for who she is or what it, what this book could entail. That's not, I have to relinquish that need to convince others of my point of view. So if you're drawn to this book, fucking buy it. If you're not, don't, there's, don't buy it. And just one fun fact, uh, cum is a source of protein. <laughs> this is true. I just want to put that out there. Exactly. No, but I think the one thing that I will say that I do love about the book, but again, you know, being who I am, and people already assuming things about me, I, I can respect the fact that people are going to read it and they're going to get whatever they get from it. But mm -hmm. but it's good that you're at least saying what they should get from it. I guess for me, what I got from it, uh, because I can strip away all the bullshit people are going to lay on top of it, is that you were in you were in complete control of your body the whole time, but mm -hmm. you chose to do what you wanted to do with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's empowering. It's not like you were a sex slave in R. Kelly's dungeon being forced to have sex with people. You weren't a 14 year old kid that a grown ass man was pissing on for uh, entertainment. You know, there's different, there's different, I guess, experiences out there where people are telling or showing their story or their story is getting leaked. That is abrasive and impulsive, not impulsive, but uh, repulsive. I feel like you chose to tell the stories that I guess impacted you as a young woman and I mean, that's good. That's a good thing. No, it is. I, I think the book is it's a pleasant surprise for sure. If you're not, especially coming from a guy, you know, I'm just looking at it from the outside, looking in like, what is this about? And I'm reading it like, no, she's telling the story. I like where our headspace is. And I'm like, man, this story is these stories can really help a lot of people. And I think if you're drawn to it for whatever reason, you're going to get some out of it. But I feel like there's a lot of people that need this information that might not be drawn to it because of how it's being marketed. And I feel like, you know, I'll go on your Instagram and I'm looking at like, you know, you have a lot of strong messages. You you do get therapy. And it's like, I wish I seen more of that also on your social media. 
Now, I know people like to click certain things and I know you like to promote yourself a certain way because that's what social media is. But I feel like at this point, you're popular. I don't feel like you had to do all of that, in my opinion. I, I feel like people are drawn to you regardless. I feel like people were drawn to you before. If you don't do any of that, you could say something that could impact somebody. You don't have to always you know, necessarily promote it that way. I mean, that's fair. That's your opinion. Yeah, that's yeah. just, that's it. Well, let me say this. Uh, I haven't had sex with that many celebrities. There's a couple. But if I had these experiences, I don't know. Maybe I'd put a book out too. And let me be very clear because I just started my process of getting my book started. Here we today. go. No, I'm not that story. I'm not going to do that. But I mean. What story? What's that story? Meaning like who I've been involved with or anything like that. Only because, you know, I've just decided in certain areas of my life, I have to have one private thing. But I don't need to be. I don't, I don't feel the need to tell that part of it, but she did, whereas I may feel the need to tell a different story that she may not want to tell. But what I will say is that, you know, you write books not only for uh, telling your story, but let's be clear, you write books for money. I mean, that's why I'm writing my book. I'm, I'm doing it to, to help people, but I'm also doing it to make money because it's not like if you just want to tell your story, you just type it up and you throw it online. So you could say there is a monetary component to it. Well, okay. Well, I actually invested all my own money. I was self-published. Um, I put up 25 grand and I felt like the biggest reason I wanted to do a book is because I, I tried, I tried like writing out raps one time and rapping and, you know, in the privacy of my own home. And it was really embarrassing. So I so told you, you realized that wasn't a, time. I'm like, yeah, not everyone, you know, can do that. So everything ain't for everybody. Um, for me, I w actually wanted to leave something behind forever if something happened to me. So um, if I, if it was about money, I mean, honestly, I could have went with a big publishing house and really like well, 4.7 million people on Instagram. You're making money. I mean, I'm making, <laughs> of course I'm making money, but it's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying at the end of the day, like this is not something. Oh, I'm that, sorry. What I was basically saying is you're not doing it for money because you got money. That's what I'm saying. When you have four point, <laughs> I mean, I only have 1.3 million and I know how much money I'm making. 4.7 million. You know, you're rolling over. There's a couple Benjamins there and it ain't niggas in the book. Money at the hundred dollar bill. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. No, I just, um, that's just not really my primary focus. Cause I just, I feel like energy is money. Energy is currency. So I just, for me, I just wanted to put this out for whoever, whether a thousand people bought it or a hundred thousand. So again, if it was, this was actually something I felt like, was very vulnerable for me to do. And because I have such a big following, I never have to open up about this stuff. Just like how he said, I could just go on there, be pretty, do workouts, say shit, uh, cliche shit here and there, mm -hmm. do whatever, just give you guys surface level shit. So I didn't have to pull out, first of all, it's embarrassing letting people know like you've been humped and dumped or you've paid for your flights. Like at the end of the day, these are not things that gosh, I'm so proud to tell people this, that I've been shit on countless times. Like, oh my gosh, my parents weren't around. Now you guys can say, oh, you weren't loved. <laughs> you got daddy issues, mommy. Like, mm -hmm. that's not something to me that is, you could put a price tag on. Mm -hmm. So this isn't, a, like, I get what you're saying. Of course, there's monetary aspects, everything. But there's, I don't have to do any of that shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I can just be pretty, be Bernie Renner, do some acting shit, and then fuck all y'all. Y'all ain't got no shit about me. Huh. Like, I don't have to do that. So this was about... A decision, like I said, where I was at a crossroads where I was like, okay, do I want to help people with this story or do I want to just like kind of keep pushing and keep it to myself? Did you discover, did you discover that you wanted to tell the story in therapy? Like mm. as you were telling your story or talking to your therapist about your life, was there a point in there that you said like, I need to write? Because uh, when Jennifer Lewis was here, she did say to everybody here who has their own story, <laughs> write it down. Yeah. Like mm. write it down, tell your story, 
release that shit, get it out. And so when she said that, you know, all of us in the room felt empowered, you know, yeah. to tell our story. Was that was that discovered during therapy or did you was that later? So as I was going through therapy, like I said, three years in therapy and I worked on this book this last year, um, it was kind of like, you know what? I was still kind of bothered by Seth, like the first relationship. It just still was so, the, the memories were so vivid for me. So I just was like, you know what? I'm going to just kind of write it out, like kind of like a diary. So the, the book is actually um, written um, like Anne Frank style, like Diary of Anne Frank. It yeah. was just more so reflecting today on events that were then. Um, so it was just kind of, and I started crying when I start, when I was just writing like bullshit writing in my journal. So I actually set the journal aside for about four months and then I picked up the pen again and started writing. So that's when I knew that I was crying, reliving these traumatic events that I like, I have to talk about it. Like I have to get this out. And this is the only way besides rapping and other things and being violent or, or holding this on. It's like, this was the only way I felt like I could, um, one of the only ways that I wanted to uh, express my art, I guess. Did you talk to the seven guys before this book came out to say this is coming out and there are details of our relationships in there? No. 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 Uh, I actually hand-delivered one chapter, though. <laughs> to Leon? <laughs> I don't know. You don't feel like that's kind of like catching somebody off guard? Like, you know, you are sharing some intimate moments. It's her story, though. No, yeah. it is. It is. But it's also someone else's, you know, that's why they weren't named. And that's why you don't know the color of their skin. And again, the spec, mm -hmm. I've never confirmed any of those people that have been on the list. I've never said I've dated any of them. Um, I'm not here to hurt anybody. Yeah. I want to tell my story. Let's let the storm come. We let the storm pass. This is how I feel. There are two, there are two sides to every story. And then there are screenshots. So the way that I went about this, I felt was very tasteful and it was a very healthy thing to do. I don't want to hurt anybody because when you truly love yourself, you have no desire to hurt anyone. I have no desire to say it was this guy or poke fun yeah. at who it might be. That's I respect every person in this book, but I am going to own how I feel regardless of how crazy it makes me look. And regardless of what people think, oh, it's wrong. You shouldn't have shared that with the sex. With you got to stand on this it. Is, these, are seven, these are not the seven most famous men I fucked. Let's just keep that clear. Like, Wait, so you fuck somebody more famous than Colin Kaepernick? Or, I'm sorry. I <laughs> never said sorry. I was. I never dated sorry. Colin Kaepernick. Flag on the play. I never said I've. I've never said that. So you've been with a celebrity that's more famous than some of the people people think you're talking about. Of course. But if Barack that, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> and I. No, I don't like married men. All of you know that we've been talking about this get fit. Well, we have finally put a name to it: the Get Fit or Die Trying Challenge, which you'll see on my personal YouTube channel and potentially crossing uh, our platforms because. All y'all here watch us on Hollywood Unlocked. So uh, one of our new brands that we're incorporating into what we do is HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step -step recipes and pre-measured ingredients. So it helps you, um, you know, with the whole meal planning process of uh, your nutrition. And you know, you got abs, so clearly, you know, getting fit requires you to be... Uh, Hello Fresh. So here's something <laughs> for everyone with Hello Fresh. It's the three there's three plans to choose from. I don't have a family and I don't like the classic plans plan, so I'm starting with the veggie plan. I'm mm -hmm. going to try to get through that. I'm not one to eat a whole bunch of veggies by themselves, but you know, in trying to kickstart this uh nutritional balance that we're trying to bring to my life, we're going to go ahead and start with that. Each box is made up of fresh, responsibly obtained ingredients from carefully selected farms and high-rated trusted sources, so you know where you're getting it from is a good source of uh nutrients. So you can look forward to your HelloFresh delivery and know that it's going to make di dinner all that much more easier. What I love about it is that you can feel confident now cooking because you have these tools and resources at your disposal. 
So the thing that I don't like about cooking is that it feels like a chore. What I love about HelloFresh is that you don't have to feel that anyway anymore because all of the ingredients come pre-measured. So it's simple and easy to go. Perfect. It is delivered right to your door for easy convenience and you don't have a lot of cleaning up to do. Right. Can't beat that. Nope. So one of the benefits that I found to subscribing to HelloFresh is that you don't have to spend time planning and grocery shopping. Now you can spend more time Netflix and chilling with the boo. That's good. Time is everything. As I shared earlier, I'm trying the veggie meal. So I have every veggie meal that's on the list. We have tried it already in my oh, household. That's, that's good. I know that's good stuff. No, it's so good. And all my friends love it. They've been coming over for dinner and I personally love it. And I'm going to stick with it for at least one more week before I switch it up. Yeah, to a different recipe. So for all of you listening that want to try this out at home, I I implore you to do it. This whole Get Fit or Die Trying uh, challenge also includes you. Right now, what you can do is for a total of $60 off, that's $20 off for your first three boxes. Visit HelloFresh.com slash Unlocked60 and enter Unlocked60, that's six zero after Unlocked, and um, you can get this 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 uh, money off. Hey. That's awesome. So again, for a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes. Visit HelloFresh.com slash Unlocked60 and enter Unlocked60, that's six zero after, after Unlocked. And um, it's like receiving six meals free. Hey. Can't beat that. <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying. Like I said, this is your story, and you you have the right to put it out. But if that's the case, why not just give it to him no, beforehand? But let me, let me like ask it's a, happening. No, but let me ask a question. Let me see this. Okay, yeah. if a woman, if you and a woman are fucking and you're <laughs> not wearing protection, and she gets pregnant and she decides, I'm in college, I have a future, I want to be the first female president, I'm going to terminate the baby. Do you think she needs to talk to you about it before she does that? Yeah. Her body, her choice. Her yeah, body, but I think she right. can. She can tell me. Wait, I her, think she can tell me about wait, it. But ultimately, her body, her choice. Absolutely, but I still feel like she can talk to me about it. The opinion of whether or not you feel like she's obligated to tell you, wait, may be different. Than I don't a, feel like it's an obligation wait, let me, let me though. May feel different. What we're talking about is whether or not she felt obligated to talk to these niggas who participate in this. One who treated her like mm-hmm. a cum rag. One and had a bitch named Jenna yeah. on the side. I yeah. hear you. <laughs> Whatever her and her homies' names. And by the way, when they rolled up to the club, didn't you want to slap a bitch? Oh. <laughs> but, 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 but my, my point, let me yeah, just yeah. make my point. Let me quick. make my point. I got a point. This, sure. Uh, We're going to be the pointer brothers. Okay. So, <laughs> Get so, your point. I got my point. <laughs> so when, when, you know, the great debate over like where we are in our country right now, where a woman's body is the only thing that is being discussed of having laws that decide how it's True. governed, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, nobody decides if we have to have a vasectomy. Nobody decides we have to cut a ball off. Nobody decides any of that. So when it comes to women, some women may feel like there's this over expectation that a woman has to be obligated to tell other people what she wants to do with her story, her body. I'm saying in the situation of abortion or in the sense of telling the story, Mm -hmm. it's her story as much as it's there. So why should she tell them? It's not really about telling them. I think if you go through a situation and you're free and you're liberated, it's like, hey, I'm putting this out. Rather, I mean, abortion, is that, that's a little different. But hey, this is my story. I'm putting this out. This is what's happening. Just letting them know. I'm not saying ask permission, like, hey, you, you, you okay with this? Because you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. But I was just saying that. Did they have a courtesy of knowing like, hey, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is my truth. This is how you made me feel. Boom. It's in the mail. Read it if you want to. Just something like that. That's why I was, you know, I was just yeah. interested to see if they did know beforehand. Like I said, I, I hand delivered one, and <laughs> <laughs> she's like, one of them got it. Yeah, because just about where our relationship was at the yeah. time, I just felt like that was the uh, 
courteous thing to do, but the other ones, too. Hey, I feel it. Find out on. So little Uzi got a copy. So here's the deal. At the, at the, because they hey, have buddy. a good relationship. But no, but, but think I about get it. it. Think about it. Well, actually, I didn't hand deliver his, but I did have a conversation with him. I hand delivered someone else. What she could have done, <laughs> text messages. Do you have any sex tapes or anything like that? <laughs> because people send dick pics. Back in the day, they were sending dick pics on the phone. Do I have a sex tape? I don't want to say no, and then they're like, you know, three days later, it's circulating. That is so. Because I, because I tried it. That'd be true. On Hollywood Unlocked, <laughs> like, bitch, you try to act like you didn't, huh? Wait, that, that's what happened when Nicki Minaj says she didn't uh, try to pull Future off that tour. Hey, Nicki. So Leon, Leon sold with the songbird. Back to him. Soul tie, honey. Soul, Soul tie. tie. Sorry, sorry. Um. <sighs> out of all the people that are listed in this book, I have a pen. Let's rate them sexually. Who is the best? <laughs> when it's Penn. Uh, <laughs> can I just tell you who the best was and then we can move on? To the second one. <laughs> yeah, who the was the best? The second one? Who was the, who was the best? I feel like it, it's pretty clear who that is in the book. Well, who would you think it is after reading? The one with the Lysol can. I mean, no, that his was dick one- was just big. Okay. Oh, yeah, you say he didn't know what to do with it. No, but I did. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like giving head at first. Okay. No. I she figured it she out. Head now. I love it. Future husband, if you're out there, I Are you two-handed like Jill Scott? Yeah, you got to do the double hand gawk gawk. Mm. There was nothing attractive about Jill Scott. Yes, it was. That mic. No. Yeah, it was. Mm-mm. There was a lot of things attractive <laughs> she, she about that. She smelled like okra and grits. Ooh. I want to lay right on those breastuses. All right, cool. Oh, wow. So, all right, so who was the best? <sighs> it was Leon. In the book, it, I feel like it explains who was the best. I think it's. I think Leon sound. At least Leon sounded. I mean, maybe because I knew Leon. Or I mean, I, th- I thought I know. Yeah, because I don't know who you think you know. I'm talking about Leon. I ain't talking about nobody else. <laughs> Trey, I'm still on the radio. All right. So who? Okay. So just who was the best? Who who was the best and who was the worst? Because <laughs> Evan looked boring. Is Evan sounded boring? If Evan was that bad, he ain't going to get on nobody's team. <laughs> okay, let's just move on. Oh, Fuck it. Shit. All right, so um, are you still, you're still doing the Fit Thick Army. That's your thing. No. You're not. No. But you're still in the fitness. I mean, personal fitness, but you're not doing it for branding. No. So are you focused now on acting? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, acting and author. Yes. I love that people have to call me an author now. Isn't that amazing? Instagram thought. What, what happens when it becomes a New York bestseller and then they have to call you a New York bestselling author? Yeah. I actually think the the list, um, it's, it doesn't, I don't know if it really works like that. Because I've sold a lot of copies, so, you know, it's kind of, you know, more of a... It's a political thing? Seems to be. Mm. So who slid in your DMs that we haven't talked about? Oh, honey, come on. <laughs> Postbook. Has, uh, okay. Nobody postbook. Really? They scared. No way. Yeah. Nah, I mean, niggas are savages. They're, they're, it's just no, like. No, they're definitely scared. Like a lot of people that I have, you know, used to talk to in the past or. Because at first a lot of them, you know, there was a lot of playful threats and mm-hmm. some courtesy phone calls. Um, it was actually a really intimidating thing at first because I I didn't understand. Like, why are all these people getting so scared? Um I'd say after the book, a lot of guys were like, oh, I'm mad I wasn't in it. And I'm just like, no, you're not, because <laughs> you would have had me killed. So no. Um, but no, honestly, it's been it's been real quiet. 
the, since the book. Has it been quiet celebrity wise? Like, or is some regular guys in here you might be open to giving <clears> a shot <throat> now? I mean, I'm. Just, I know you said you don't talk to like, you know, regular dudes. I know, Diana, you see how they always say that? I, it's not, it's right, because she knows. Cause I dated, like I said, I've dated plenty of regular guys. It's not that I don't date them. It's just I find it. I don't want to, I want to feel comfortable sending you nudes or if I'm playing with my pussy. Like, I don't want to see that video on the timeline. It has nothing to do with- Something you, to lose. Yeah, like- I, and That I, makes sense. When I was actually talking to Van the other day, he was like, oh, so, well, so what you're saying is, is that you don't, you know, you wouldn't want someone to talk about your guys's, um, pri your private, uh, your secrets or whatever. And I'm like, I wouldn't care if a guy talked about my pussy openly. It's just more so the pictures and revenge porn. Those are things that are- against the law. Like mm -hmm. you can go and talk about someone's pussy and it's just whatever. So you saying if you talk to a celebrity guy, you send him something, he sends something back, you got some collateral. No, my thing is, is a lot of, first of all, I always make sure I know who I sent what to. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. if something comes out, you know, you kind of can trace it back. Um, That's smart. But I just feel like a lot of guys who are, you know, kind of like different stature, higher stature, I just find that they're not quick to do those things because they're so image conscious. Mm. So now when you're talking to, you're talking about a young generation, uh, younger men who are bigger groupies than women are. Like, I, remember I believe that. My, I remember my hairstylist was talking about, they saw Future at a complex con or something and the guys were like, Future bro, let's take a selfie. Oh, like pushing listen. over, no, men are, pushing men over are girls. Huge no, men, they're not huge. Men are worse than women. They're worse. And so, yeah. bro, hey, when you bro. Hang, when you hang around, <laughs> Like, Make it, making moves, me and future, bro. When you hang around, when you hang around a celebrity or an athlete, you know, like that's a that's a really esteemed athlete. The men who watch that sport are huge fans of that person. Yes, will run over your children. Will run yeah. over yeah. their children to get that person. Yeah, especially Kinda sports crazy. athletes. So that's just that's just the only reason why if the love of my life is regular, and I'll be happy with that. It's just I have found with being. Instagram famous mm -hmm. that a lot of the my last boyfriend who was regular he just used me like I mean like God that makes you feel stupid like yeah. you know you try to go for something real turn in a new leaf and you still get and you so and that's why I hate when people say date someone who has less date someone it doesn't matter it it depends on how that man views a woman and how it views view, uh, views you mm -hmm. because it's like at the end of the day you saw me as an opportunity to get more hoes to get your followers up because when I was dating. Uh, Solomon in the chapter I talk about it. Um, Solomon, when I was, Solomon is who they think is is Chris Brown. That's I've never met Chris Brown. Okay, yeah. Um, so I like that we're dispelling who these people allegedly are. Yeah. Good. Okay, so two questions on the way out. One, uh, what is the biggest misconception people have of you, and what is the biggest lesson you learned from this whole journey? Oh, the biggest misconception. Well, there are a lot. I mean, I would just say that, you know, I'm just a genuine hearted person who is here on earth to fulfill my soul mission and to help in whatever way I can. And, um, I, you know, I have a different way of expressing that. Um, the biggest lesson that I've learned, I would say to the answer to everything, in my opinion, is just like dispelling it with love, like, you know, um, so anytime you're faced with adversity or just different um, different things in your life, just kind of going back inward and understanding why you feel the way you do and processing it and kind of just putting more love out into the world. It sounds so fucking cliche, but um, really just to love no matter what, because that's the that's the only thing that matters and makes everything that we're going through worthwhile, in my opinion. Are you somewhat happy you went through this experience? Of course, because I feel like when you, especially when you're learning in polarities, um, 
pain brings the most growth. Um, because if, if it's like, okay, you get to either get the rainbow or you get the cotton candy. If there's really no negative polarity, you don't learn the lesson as much as if it's the rainbow versus the tornado. And then you will truly appreciate the, the rainbow in its entirety and for what it is because you've dealt with the tornado. Mm. So, well, listen, uh, this has been a tornado of a day for me. I'm going to go back and still uh, create my diagram on my wall at home. <laughs> a couple names I got to take down and a couple more speculations I got to put up. All right, but listen, I'm glad we finally met. I've been a fan for a while. Um, I think you're in. Likewise, honey. But why didn't you reach out before? You could have reached out before. We could have been friends by now. I don't, I don't, because I'm su- sometimes I'm a little shy. I don't know. <laughs> Read his book. She's not <laughs> shy. But anyway, judge this cover. Um, appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, just if you're already following her, so it don't matter. Thank you for coming on the Thank show. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. And we're out of here. Peace.